Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. This indeed is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D, Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California, I'm guessing. Rob, how are you? I am well. I am well. Uh, it's uh, only about 57 degrees. We're expecting rain some point tonight and all through tomorrow. So, uh, oh, scratch that beautiful stuff. Not, not as beautiful <laughs> as uh, the picturesque uh, view you have. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I can tell you right now we're going to get the wind and rain and all that stuff tomorrow too. So uh, most of it, I think, tomorrow night. But, yeah, it's uh, – it, it's that time of year. It's winter time. You got to expect it. Things are heating up, including the NHL and the AHL. So we're here to bring you all the updates. Last week, as you know, uh, had to take the night off. I was a little bit under the weather. Uh, okay, I was a lot of bit under the weather. <laughs> I'm now, I'm now somewhat back to normal after nine days of uh, antibiotics. But yeah, everything is uh, is looking up at least at this point. So, time to start talking some NHL hockey again. And the Pacific Division, Rob, is uh, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, if I would have told you thirty games into the season, the Anaheim Ducks are leading the Pacific Division and Calgary is second, you would have probably thought there was something wrong with me uh, above the shoulders. Well, not only that, but after the start, Edmonton had. To say that Edmonton would be in third place, tied with Vegas for fourth, you know, third, fourth place, and San Jose, only a point behind them, you know, a lot. Of, I mean, the Kings are only three points behind the Sharks, and Vancouver, who everybody wrote off, is four zero and zero since uh, the firing of Travis Green, who was replaced by Bruce Bruce Boudreau. Uh, so. Boudreaux's working some magic in Vancouver because they're unbe unbeaten since he took over the reins. You know, what? I think we all knew that Vancouver had the talent. It was a matter of why weren't they putting it together to get into the win column more than they were. Um, your thoughts on that? Let's start right there with Vancouver. Uh, you like the hiring? Obviously, it, it, it's working. 
Well, it's it's working. Uh, it's you know you could say recycled another uh, recycled NHL coach instead of giving a youngster a chance. I don't know. He's working magic. It's uh, a combination of some veterans and and youth on this team. Uh, goaltending. Uh, you know he's always had good luck with goaltending. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jim Rutherford was hired as president of Hockey Ops and interim GM uh, on December 9th. Uh, so we'll see that what direction they go in as far as the, uh, you know, working Rutherford and Boudreaux working hand in hand and trying to build that team up. Uh, but, you know, they beat the Kings, they beat Boston, they beat Winnipeg, and they beat Carolina. Not too shabby. That's pretty impressive. That's a pretty impressive list of teams that you uh, you want to uh, take care of if you have the opportunity. So, yeah, I think I think it is working. I think, uh, you know, another recycled coach. But sometimes that's what it takes. Eh? It's, it's got to find the guy that can push the right buttons. And I think Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux, we're going to stumble on that one all night, aren't we? It's going to be just what the doctor ordered in Vancouver. Now the thing, Rob, is – um, that's that's just what eleven points separating uh, number one from number seven, and of course Seattle, um, you know, finding their way as as you would expect from an expansion team. But um, it, it, what's going to happen down the stretch? I mean, that's going to be a great quote unquote second half of the season, right? Well, let's let's go on that eleven points that you just talked about uh, because you could go from top to bottom in the National Hockey League from number one. To if you want to go down to Boston at number 18, even though 16 teams qualify, we could go down to Boston at number 18, 11 points separate one through 18 in the league. So, you know, you would expect the divisions to be close also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let's start right back at the top. We got Vancouver out of the way. Let's start with Anaheim. Okay. What in the world is Anaheim doing that's uh, generating uh, such sustainable winning uh, hockey? Well, their kids are playing. Zegris has been out of this world, as everybody knows about Troy Terry. Uh, he's been lighting it up, one of the leading scorers, uh, top for rookie of the year, along with Zegris. Uh, their goaltender Gibson has been solid. He's been he's been there to win games when he needed to, and save games when he uh, needed to as well. So it's just it's just a good mix between uh, the veterans and the youth. Uh, Getzloff, it seems like he found the fountain of youth. Uh, their defense has been playing great. So it's just, it's been one through 25. It's been a team effort, or uh, however many. Uh, but that's what it's been with Anaheim. It's been a team effort, and their kids are really stepping up. And not only are they stepping up, but uh, they're, they're continuing it. It's not like one game here, a few games off. Every game, they, they seem to be noticed. I mean, you you know about the the Milano goal from Zegras, so I mean that that's that's honestly that's basically their season in a nutshell: having fun, being creative, and winning games. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I had a chance to visit with David Carl a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him about Troy Terry, and he said Troy, being a, a Denver kid um, and played at the at Denver or University of Denver, I always get that wrong too. Uh, <laughs> University of Denver, um, he was around all summer uh, as part of their what they call their alumni practices and uh, working with the uh, the Denver Pioneers as well. And he said uh, they watched a video the other day, and they and he said it was really good for his players at uh, the University of Denver because he said uh, they were able to see that Troy Terry 
goes through NHL players just like he went through their triangle. Right. <laughs> so so he said it was really it was really good for his players to see that hey we really aren't that bad. This kid is just really that special. And I, I think you know you talk a lot about confidence in hockey. And Troy Terry is one of those guys now that has confidence. He's playing with Getzloff. He's playing um, you know with with um, guys that that make him better, and he makes them better, right? Absolutely. And with Getzlov, you know, you can't slouch. You have to answer to every shift, just like he does. So when you play with someone like that, it, it gives you energy. It makes you want to play better, and it's just been working out. I mean, it's been tremendous. I mean, from top to bottom, though, I mean, that defense with Drysdale uh, has been playing tremendous. I mean, these are kids, eight, 19, 20 years old, that, that are playing big minutes for the Ducks. And since we last talked, they're 5-2-1, and one, and that's one of the reasons why they moved into first. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let, let's not completely uh, put them on that pedestal because they do have uh, uh, two games in hand on Calgary. They got four games. Uh, uh, or Actually, Calgary has two games in hand on them. Uh, right. Edmonton has four games, and Vegas has three games. And, of course, San Jose's got uh, two games. So they've played the most games of anybody in the Pacific Division. And I think, uh, you know, that's one of the things that uh, you kind of got to look out for because if Vegas continues their role or if Edmonton gets back on a roll, I mean, they can blow past them in a hurry uh, with those games in hand. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, there's two trains of thought. Do you, do you want the lead and have everybody catch you or do you want to be the one in control and being able to take the lead by using your games? So it, it's two thoughts of, of two trains of thought there. I just think that, you know, Anaheim is playing so much better than anybody expected them to. So I'm just really glad that uh, that the kids are playing well. They're fun to watch. And it's just uh, would be great to see them continue playing that well. Yeah, and I think one of the things with, with Anaheim playing that well is, and, and once you get up and get the uh, – uh, get the lead in your division, no matter how long you keep that lead, um, you're playing with the lead, right? People are chasing you, and it's always nice to be chased instead of being the chaser um, because then you're in a situation where you start to feel pressure, right? Uh, we're chasing these guys. we got to catch them. If they win and we lose, there's another two points. If if we win and, and they uh, – and they don't, we can gain two, but it's much better to be in that leadership role of uh, either the first, second, or third spot, I would think, right? Well, with a young team, you'd rather be in the lead and have them chase you rather than trying to catch up with the kids. So Anaheim's in a better position with their kids. Yes, the games in hand could come back and drop them in the standings, but you just hope that uh, what doesn't bite them is the regulation wins. Right now, they're last in that with 10, compared to Calgary with 12, Edmonton, Edmonton 13, Vegas 14, San Jose even with 12. So you, you look at that, and uh, Anaheim has to win a few more games in regulation. They're going to overtime and shootouts way too much. They're getting points, but that might hurt them in the long run when it comes to tiebreakers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you look at the number two team currently with 36 points, the Calgary Flames, who, by the way, are back in COVID protocol. Yep, uh, <laughs> that game was canceled stuff- tonight. Uh, this stuff just doesn't uh, it, it just doesn't go away. I mean, oh. uh, on on my TV next to me, I've got the uh, Cardinals and Rams on, and the Rams had five or six guys yeah. in COVID protocol tonight. Um, you know, it's just uh, it, it's just craziness. So now we wonder where does Calgary go from here? 
Um, do do they come out okay? Do they come out of this and and have a, a slow restart? Um, your thoughts on Daryl Sutter and the job he's doing in Calgary? Well, he's doing a great job in Calgary. I don't think anybody expecting them to be uh, in second because everybody figured that Edmonton and Vegas would be the top two teams. Uh, so Calgary would at least would be third. And the fact that they're only a point behind Anaheim for the, for first in the Pacific with, two, with those two games in hand that you uh, mentioned, uh, they're doing a great job. Uh, they're winning a lot of c- games close, and they're also blowing around, blown out opponents. So they can play either game with you, as a plus 25 goal differential says. Uh, but, you know, Daryl Sutter, we talked about it at the last show that we had. Uh, you know, he's one of those that wear thin after a time. This is a good time right now. The veterans are really buying in, and that's what happens. That's what happens when he went to the Kings. The veterans buy in. If the veterans buy in, the kids will uh, follow suit, and you have a good uh, organization then. But if the if the veterans start tuning him out, then you have an issue. But right now, uh, he's got their ear. Uh, he named Kachuk captain. Uh, Kachuk has been captain. I was thinking of his brother in uh, in Ottawa. In but, Ottawa, yep. Uh, but you have good leadership. You know, in Kachuk, I just think that, you know, they're there to stay. They're not going anywhere. And if they continue getting the goaltending, you know, they could really press uh, Vegas and Edmonton uh, all the way down the uh, road. Okay, so that leads us to Edmonton. Um, they have the most games in hand on, on Anaheim. They've got four games in hand. And, um, you know, that lineup is still, uh, if you ask me, that it, it's the goaltending. Uh, they just have to find somebody that's going to be a steady, uh, stabilizing force in that. Am I wrong or right there? It's been that way since what? Grant Fuhrer left? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 1979, folks. <laughs> it's, the same thing. it's the same thing with the Flyers. We hear every year with the Flyers. You know, there's some teams that will not get rid of that stigma until they get a goalie that can prove they can win. And they haven't. And that's what Edmonton's bugaboo has been. Uh, Stuart Skinner came up. From uh, from the AHL was playing well. I don't know. I haven't looked the last couple of games, but they're on a five game losing streak. Uh, I just can't believe that talent that Edmonton has can lose five games in a row like this. And then when we drop down to number four and we see the Vegas Golden Knights, who I happened uh, was able to watch last night, a uh, good part of that game against Minnesota, and um, they starting to look like the Vegas team of old. The, the one thing that makes me nervous there again is goaltending. I'm just not completely sold on Robin Leonard. I, I think he, he's a solid goaltender, but I'll be honest with you, Rob. I, I don't think he's Marc-Andre Fleury. I just don't. There there aren't many Marc-Andre Fleury's out there right, uh, right now. Uh, but Vegas has really put all their eggs in that basket with him and trading uh, the flower in the offseason to Chicago. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm – that's the one thing that, but they, you know, they could pull it out at the trade deadline, find someone uh, at the trade deadline, because that's the glaring need right now. patcheretti has been on fire since he's gotten back. Stone's playing well. They're getting healthy. And everybody knew Vegas healthy was going to be a challenge to anybody. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see as they get healthy and uh, as they creep up in the standings. You know, they're in a good position right now. A lot of teams are forgetting about them. Everybody's talking about the surge in Anaheim. Everybody's talking about Calgary playing over their heads and what's wrong with Edmonton now. But, you know, everybody's kind of forgetting about Vegas, so they can kind of sneak up on people. And speaking of that, um, I haven't heard a word in about three weeks about Jack Eichel. Last time I heard he was uh, skating, they showed him skating in uh, Golden Knights gear at some rink somewhere. Um, 
just doing skating drills. But, um, you know, once he comes back, well, well, two things. Once he comes back, they're going to have to make some adjustments to that salary cap, which we all know <laughs> is coming. Somebody's going to have to go or a couple people are going to have to go in order to make this work unless they uh, end up putting some guys on long-term uh, injury, um, which, which is always a possibility. But uh, when Eichel comes back, let, let's just say, uh, Rob, that they put Eichel with uh, Pacioretty and Stone. Is there a better combination uh, in the league at that point? Well, let's see how they gel. But I mean, on paper, that you know, you would have you'd be hard pressed to find three guys because you you know you have two on just about so many lines. I mean, you have Panarin and Strom, you have Zabinajad and, and Kreider uh, as two, but not three. You know, you have Drysaitel and McDavid. You know, top two scores in the league, but they don't have a third. Their third is a revolving door. So as a three man unit, that could be. But what's the rest of the lineup going to look like? Yeah, I think that's the thing because I think everybody thinks that uh, uh, Riley Smith might be the guy to go, and if he's the guy Rangers. that goes, uh, that's going to hurt. He'd be a perfect guy for the Rangers. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know um, what they're going to do on that. And the same thing on goaltending. What are they going to do on the goaltending? Uh, if they do make a move, they got to look at the salary cap again because they're really up against it. And uh, they've been ma- magicians with how to how to handle that, but um, you know, first things first. Here, you gotta either win your division or get yourself in the playoffs first before you can start uh, talking about damaging uh, other teams in the playoffs itself. Well, you know, Ve- uh, Vegas could be looking at their future goalie uh, in two games out of their next like dozen or so games between December and January uh, in Georgiev. Uh, you know, if you're talking about up against the salary crunch, he's not making a lot of money right now. It's, Riley Smith is, is making a lot of money. It, you know, it, it makes sense. Uh, you know, just so just someone just a name to keep out in the back of your mind come trade deadline. Uh, if the Vegas is up against the cap and they need a goaltender that's proven himself and he will have a chance to prove himself because Shatsurkin is just getting back on the ice. So who knows when he'll be back? Uh but he's been playing well. Rangers have been playing well. So it would just be interesting to see if, if those teams meet up later up on the trade table. Okay, so uh, that steers us down to number five, which is the San Jose Sharks. I, I don't know what to think about San Jose. I, yeah, I, I just stutter uh, literally when I start talking about them because uh, I did not expect San Jose to be where they're at. Nobody did. Everybody figured they'd be down where Vancouver and Seattle are. And they're playing well. They're playing over their heads. Uh, their defense. A lot of things that uh, Shang Peng talked about. Uh, Vlasic has been playing much better this year. Uh, Burns is, has been playing well. Carlson has been playing out of this world. So three guys that he mentioned uh, when we've had him on in the past are, have really stepped up. Hurdle, I've he- heard his n- name mentioned just game in and game out. Uh, you know, uh, Logan Couture. I mean, all the guys that we talked that had to step up have been stepping up, and that's what's helping them uh, because their uh, their AHL team is not helping at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, that was a dagger right there. Uh, we'll get to the AHL in uh, in a few minutes, but um, okay. So uh, one thing with San Jose, the the big elephant in the room was uh, Evander Kane. Um, has he really made that much of a difference by removing him from that roster? You know, sometimes it's addition by subtraction and just not having to answer to the, about him 
every day by the players is a benefit to them. They can move on. They can talk about the game they just played or the game that's upcoming and not someone that's not on the roster. So I think it has helped. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay, let's go back to the Kings now. Uh, they're uh, 28 points uh, with uh, four games in hand on, on Anaheim as well. Um, Kings starting to get healthy again? Uh, they're starting to get healthy, but they've also leveled off. I mean, they're only 4-4-2 in their last 10. They're 3-2-1. and one. They've dropped to sixth place. We talked about them in fifth and, and as I think as high as fourth uh, in the past, and they're just slowly coming down. So their youth movement is it they're hitting the wall early. Uh, I mean, they're a young team too. Uh, you know, you have uh, a young goaltender leading the way. Uh, Quick has been pretty solid as a backup. You know, it just is this is this where we expect them to finish? Yeah, I think you're probably right on that. I I, I think they're they're a year. Uh, maybe two away from from really competing for the top spot in the Pacific, just because uh, some of the young guys just haven't. You know, uh, we talk about Quentin Byfield who uh, right. broke his foot or whatever it was at the start of the year, yeah. and just didn't get the uh, the amount of uh, quality experience that that you would hope to get from a young a young man coming into the league. So maybe he's set back uh, half a year or so uh, in his development because of that injury and. Uh, you know, losing Drew Doughty doesn't help um, yeah. uh, down the stretch. So, um, you know, the Kings maybe are where the Kings are supposed to be. So uh, let's round things off uh, in the Pacific by talking about Seattle. Um, played 27 games so far, 9-15-3, 21 points. Is this where we thought Seattle would be? Yeah, I kind of did. I just, based on their roster and who they had, you thought they had a nice team. But you looked at other teams in the division, it's like, okay, where are the W's going to come from? And where are they come from? They've got nine so far, and, you know, they've beaten some decent teams, but most of them are probably uh, the lower end of the league if I would have to, if I looked at each and every win. Uh, but they just, I just thought that they could have done better in the draft and set themselves up better for their first season. And I think they're just so happy to have hockey in Seattle that they're going to give, that they have a pass for a few years you know, two, three years before uh, the fans start growling about wanting a winner. So we look at goaltending with Seattle, too. They they went with Philip Grubauer. They, they thought he was going to be the answer. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to tell the with a expansion team like that coming together, but uh, have you been impressed at all with Philip Grubauer? Uh, he'd still be in Colorado if he was that impressive. Uh, but <laughs> Good point. Good point. But, but, but no, I mean, you know – you don't let him, a guy go to an expansion team, if you if, you know, or any team, if you really value him. I, I just don't think that he, that he has what it takes in the playoffs. It's very, it takes a, a special kind of goalie to be a goalie to begin with, but it takes a really special type of goalie to perform well in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you look at back at the history of the guys that did, and and they they're just some of them are elite of the elites. And some of them are, are are elite, like a Billy Smith, because of how well they performed in the playoffs. Whereas regular season didn't matter. Once the playoffs started, he's one that that you knew that was going to step up. You know, I just I, I just think that Philip Grubauer is a nice goalie for a regular season, but the uh, seven game series of knowing the ins and outs, no, I I don't see him passing the test. Yeah, and I, I think. 
you, you can't like in in Colorado. He looked really good during the regular season because of the guys in front of him. Exactly. And I think now he's uh, starting to show uh, the real goaltender that he is uh, with just average players and nothing to take away from the guys in Seattle. But let's face it, they're not the guys in Colorado. So right. I, I think that's what's starting to hurt him a little bit. Is that he's maybe just uh, just playing to how he plays. And uh, the losses are coming because the guys in front of them just aren't that good. And a, and a lot of times you're a product of your environment. I mean, you you sit behind a good defense. Look, Martin Brodeur was a great goalie. But would he be with the Seattle Kraken if he had to play his whole career instead of that defense that he had with uh, Danico and Stevens and uh, Niedermeyer and, uh, you know, the likes of those? You know, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Brodeur wasn't good. But he had some defensemen in front of him that took a lot of the pressure off him. He made he, he's the he's the type that played better the more shots he had. When you, if you had 15, 20 shots on him, you could score through. But yeah, yeah, real, don't really get good point. Would be fifty because the more on the harder it would be to beat. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so let's look at the uh, central, Divi- the central division. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of breaking up there, back and forth. So, um, oh, when you look at the central division, um, Minnesota on top of 39 points. Watch them play, like I said, against Vegas Golden Knights last night. Um, I think they're solid, but are they really first place material in central? Well, you know what? They they play good defense and. They they lock down, and if you if they get a lead, they're nearly unbeatable. Uh, and that's you know it seems like other than Colorado, I haven't really watched a lot of St. Louis. Uh, Winnipeg could be a gunning team, but the top two teams, Minnesota and Nashville, they are get a lead as early as possible and just shut you down, keep you in in the neutral zone, lock down their defensive zone. I watched Nashville last night, and Soros, you know, if Grubauer wants to take a lesson, look at Soros. Uh, I mean, Soros uses his size to his advantage. He cuts, covers a lot of the net to begin with, and he moves very well for a big guy. Uh, but they're not a big team. I mean, they're not a hitting team, but yet they lock down. Uh, so the Central is is like that. And Colorado is probably the fastest team in that division. I mean, St. Louis could be pretty fast too. But, uh, you know, it seems like – you know, Dallas, Chicago, they're all going to try to be a like more defensive style than running gun with you. Yeah, absolutely. And we go down the, the central real quickly. It's uh, 39 points for Minnesota. Uh, it's uh, 35 for Nashville. It's 35 for St. Louis. Uh, and all three of them have uh, 28 games played. And then's Colorado with 34 uh, points, but they have 25 games played. So they've got three games in hand. Uh, Colorado getting healthy. Uh, healthier, I should say, um, right. and uh, starting to play like uh, everybody expected them to play. So uh, I think, uh, Rob, by, by, say, the first of the year, we're going to be looking at Colorado on top of that uh, central division. Uh, I, I would have to look at their schedule, but th- they're playing good hockey. They they just beat the Rangers 6-2. So, you know, get a chance to see Western teams that I haven't yet seen in a, in a while. Uh, they look They look fast. They look big. They look fast. Uh, you know, they're going to be one to reckon with. Again, will their goaltending hold up? 
Okay, and then, uh, of course, we have to talk uh, about what's going on here in Arizona. Uh, the Coyotes, 27 games played, five wins, uh, 20 losses, two overtimes, uh, and uh, 12 points overall. Um, we've heard for the last couple of weeks about their uh, crazy off-ice status. Um, I don't even know where to go with this because uh, I've heard so many things, and you know me, I, I don't like, I don't like the bashing part. I don't like talking about negative things, but um, I, I just really feel bad for, for everybody here in Arizona because um, it, it just doesn't look good. It just doesn't. Um, you know, I mean, uh, no matter what the reasons are, I, I don't know. I don't know how, if, if your job is to manage a hockey team, you can overlook uh, $1.2 million in debt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you overlook that? Uh, it's very difficult to do your job and, you know, to have to put that through the media, uh, you know, about how the coyotes were going to be locked out of their arena. The optics, like you were saying, are very bad. And, you know, the people in the folks in Tempe are going, we talked to you a while ago about this and now you're coming to us. Uh, you know, so it's just, it's a shame because they, I think they could have made hockey work in, uh, Arizona. Uh, but, I think it's best that that franchise goes elsewhere and uh, maybe to a, a city that will embrace it. You know, and I keep hearing things like this. This resurfaced a couple of days ago. Yeah, well, there's a good chance that Glendale's bluffing. Um, I have some pretty good sources, and I don't think Glendale's bluffing. <laughs> um, this is their – I mean, they've been unhappy with the Coyotes for a number of years, and this is their opportunity to, uh, to get out of this deal no matter what. Uh, I don't think – that there's any amount of money that can turn it around and say, oh, yeah, you know what? We'll come back and let you play here for three years. Well, let's say that happens. Let's just go out on that limb and say, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, they still haven't got approval from the city of Tempe on their proposal. Right. And a lot of that's got to do with uh, show me the money. Right. Show me that uh, you're going to be able to follow through with this. Because the last thing the city of Tempe wants is a, a proposal started and then uh, not followed through with. So, geez, I, I just, uh, I'm really nervous about uh, the situation here. And uh, I don't know, I haven't heard of another um, plan. So I don't know if, uh, you know, if they have a plan, should, um, uh, sh should this fall through or fall through? Should the uh, um, city of Glendale follow through? Uh, what what's going to happen? Is it going to be uh, is it going to be one of those things where uh, they have no plan? <laughs> because if they're going to somewhere like Veterans Memorial Coliseum, uh, I would think that that has to start you know coming into play uh, pretty darn soon if you're going to get ready for next season. Well, the Coyotes haven't looked like they had a plan from day one, so I hope that for the sake of the league that they have a plan and that, uh, that the fact that we haven't heard the league step in uh, says they have some sort of plan because I don't think uh, the league wants that to happen with Arizona to be out, locked out of their arena and not be able to have home games. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, like I said, I think the best thing is for them to explore moving out of uh, Arizona, start, trying to start that franchise afresh and see where it goes from there. See if, I don't know, if San Antonio or – Quebec, uh, I'd love to see them get some sort Houston. of Houston, <laughs> you know, you know, anywhere in Texas, right? 
<laughs> you know. Well, it uh, makes other, other Houston makes all the sense in the world because it lines up uh, geographically with the Central Division, right? You go Houston, you go Dallas, you go St. Louis, you go Minnesota, you go Winnipeg. Uh, you veer off a little bit to St. Louis. You veer off a little to Nashville. You veer off a little to Chicago. Um, you go straight up uh, the middle of the country. It, it's a perfect fit. Um, and again, I hate to see anybody lose a franchise because Lord knows um, I was a big fan of the North Stars when they uh, moved to um, uh, to Dallas. And I'll say uh, I'll say again here in Arizona, if 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 this team leaves, you're you're not going to get another one, or at right. least not for a very very long time. So um, I don't know what can be done. Um, I'm I'm a uh, a guy looking at it from the outside as well, but key whiz it's hard to watch it's hard to watch a five win team when you're trying to save a franchise and you're you're minus 53 in the differential column i know and you're only two nine and one at home i mean you're not even giving your fans a product to be proud of i mean if you were if you were 500 at home and struggling on the road okay you know that's not unusual but to be two nine and one to have more wins on the road at three uh, over two at home. I, I, it just, this franchise doesn't look like it's going in the right direction. Uh, and it just, it just needs to put the push the reset button in a different city and just try to try to start new. And you know, the other thing I look at and I go like, I think Bill Armstrong is doing the right thing, trying to rebuild. I just think it's a really tough climate to try to come do a complete rebuild from, because even if you finish dead last, there is no guarantee that you're getting that number one draft right. pick. Exactly. Um, you, you're going to get one through three, but there's no guarantee that you're getting one. So right. if that's what your goal is, that's pretty crazy because you, you don't know that. But number two is um, you got guys that uh, are starting to spend their career, uh, if you will, like uh, Clayton Keller, uh, Jacob Chikrin, guys like that that are going like, hey, if this rebuild is going to take four, five, six years, where am I going to be at that point? Right. Right, exactly, and then then you wonder, you know, do they have to uproot family and and move to a different city because uh, now that you know they're being traded because they're the next one up on the block because they're the veteran that another team could use in a playoff push. So you know, then lives become uh, factored into this as well and affected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's so many moving parts, but uh, we'll keep our eye on that. A final thing I want to talk about on the NHL before we jump over, take a break, and come back with uh, the AHL. Um, your thoughts on on the Olympics right now? I've, I'm hearing so many different things about um, if players go over there and and they get they get COVID while they're there, and they might be stuck in in China for five weeks and might not be paid by their NHL teams. Uh, do you think there's a decision coming down the road here? Uh, I think they have to make a decision sooner rather than later. I mean, they're between the All-Star game, which I was just reading about today, uh, the 4th and 5th of February, and how many guys will be affected at that point with COVID that, you know, you now bring the Olympics into it a few weeks later. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big uh, – normally I would like the NHL guys in the, in the – uh, in the Olympics, but I wish they would move it to the summer so it doesn't affect their season. I don't like the shutdown of it, uh, but it makes the Olympics better. But this particular year, sit it out. Why risk your C NHL season, which is what's paying you, for 
the Olympics and and unknown. And I I don't know. I just if I was a player and I know I'm far from it, but there's no way I'd be going to China. There's no way. Even even if it was my last chance, I mean, yeah, I can't speak because it's really not my last chance, but I don't know. Even if it's your last chance, is COVID worth it? Yeah, well, I, I think I think you hit it right in the head when you said money because money talks. I mean, this is your livelihood. This is how you support your family. Um, you uh, Are you willing to take that kind of risk um, with your livelihood? I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to not get paid for five weeks. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. And, you know, the just – if all these restrictions of not being paid and stuff like that weren't in, in effect and it was just the COVID you'd have to worry about, I still wouldn't do it because you're talking about affecting the rest of your season and the rest of maybe your life if you get COVID. And that's just not worth it. It's, you know, I agree. I, I would love to be able to play in a, in a sport and represent my country, but not where my health might be at risk. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. So, okay, we'll put a bow on the NHL. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, and let's jump into uh, talking a little AHL hockey in about three or four minutes here. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. 
I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, and we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino, right downtown Las Vegas off of Fremont Street. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California. Well, it's actually so beautiful, but it's still Southern California, so let's <laughs> go with that. There's still a beach, and the sun comes up most of the time, and, and it's sunny, uh, so we'll go with that. But, Rob, you had one more thing you wanted to get in on the NHL before we jump to the AHL side of things, so go ahead. Yeah, uh, since we didn't have the show last week, I had that Ben Bishop was sent to Texas for a conditioning assignment, and he's been returned to – the Dallas Stars, but Jim Neal says his career is over, that he's been placed on long-term injury, the knee is just not healing from surgery, and he's done. He's pretty much done. So I just wanted to uh, add that uh, since we didn't have a chance to talk about Ben Bishop uh, last week. Yeah, that that's really uh, sad news. Anytime somebody goes out uh, because of an injury and not on their own uh, free will, if you will, or on their own terms, so uh, we wish the best to, to Ben Bishop in uh, what was a really, really good career. I know he would have liked to end it differently, but it is what it is, as they say. So uh, you just deal with what you have to deal with and you move on. And uh, moving on, let's go to the uh, Pacific Division of the American Hockey League. Uh, let's start right at the top, Rob. Your thoughts on Stockton um, holding down the top spot? Well, uh, Calgary's up near the lead in the NHL Pacific, and Stockton has been doing their job in the Pacific Division of the AHL, and they've just been steady Eddie. 4-0-0-1, only uh, loss they had was an overtime shootout loss uh, during the last week, uh, playing good hockey. And I think that just with the – I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of call-ups that uh, Stockton's dealing with, but they seem to be adapting – uh, just like Calgary is, and now Calgary's out, so we'll see how Stockton re- reacts to uh, probably losing some guys and guys getting called up uh, as Calgary is out with COVID. Yeah, I think that uh, that that might be a turning point, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, second place, uh, 19 games played, the Ontario Reign, right down the street from you, 13-5-0-1, if I'm looking at the record correctly. Yes. Uh, what about the Reign? Uh, well, again, consistency, uh, just a couple of call-ups for the most part, their team has remained the same. 
Uh, that goaltending has been remaining the same, which I think is a big help when your goaltending is not getting shuffled. Uh, and they've been consistent as well, uh, playing some playing good hockey. And, uh, you know, they, they were on a little bit of a rough stretch. Uh, I think they were like uh, one and one in their last two games uh, because of, of COVID. They lost a couple of games due to COVID. So just not being able to get into the, into the flow of things. And I think that affected them in their week of uh, action. Okay, and then in third place, Anderson Silver Knights with 18 games played. It's kind of like 20, 19, 18. <laughs> the game played are uh, uh, dwindling, but 9-7-1-1 uh, for the uh, Anderson Silver Knights. Again, they were off to a, a slow start, I think, mostly because a lot of their players were uh, up with the Golden Knights when uh, the Golden Knights were suffering the, the peak of their injuries. Well, that's why they have 18 games played. They've been also affected by COVID. Uh, so they're, they're starting to play some better hockey. Uh, you know, five and four in their last 10. Uh, it's better than being 500 like they were earlier in the season in, in 10 games. So they're starting to play a little bit better. I think they're getting a little bit uh, healthier. With the Golden Knights getting healthier, they're getting healthier. And I think the same will be said for the Colorado Eagles, who, um, who you'll be talking about next. Uh, who actually are in third place with 23 points, but they do it by games played, which is some strange way yeah. to do it. I hear you. I hear but, you. But those two, as their parent clubs get healthy, they'll get healthier, and I think they'll get a little bit more consistent as well. I think they actually go by winning percentage, uh, which is, which is, I guess, to balance out the fact uh, of the uneven number of games, which I don't know. Uh, that That's a question for somebody higher up than my pay grade, but... <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then Tucson comes in, they played 18 games, nine, eight, one, and oh, with a 528 winning percentage. Maybe I should just go right there, uh, 528 <laughs> winning percentage, but they've got a huge midweek series coming up between, uh, Henderson and Tucson, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I was hoping that maybe Wednesday night might be my night. I could get down there and see them, but, um, it's, uh, uh we'll see, but that rivalry is starting to build between Henderson and Tucson, isn't it? Well, they're, uh, Tucson's playing some good hockey lately, and they're uh, moving up in the standings because uh, I think the last time we talked about them, they were a little lower down. So they're, they're climbing it slowly, playing a little bit of hockey, and uh, just putting a competitive product on the ice. And I think they're also the benefactor of their, their parent club because a lot of guys are, are up in the parent club but are playing, but the guys in Tucson are pretty much the guys in Tucson. They're, they're not moving up and down because um, there's really been no reason to, right? Correct. That's the way they get a little bit of consistency, uh, get a little team building there. And uh, you'll see them, I think, climb a little bit more as the uh, Coyotes continue on their way and they don't delve into the minors too much for uh, for guys. I think Tucson's going to be one of your more consistent t- clubs that way. Okay. In at uh, 500 winning percentage, San Diego Gulls, 19 games played, 9-9-1-0. and oh. Your thoughts on the Gulls being the uh, – the AHL affiliate of the Ducks. Well, the Ducks the Ducks have been pretty consistent, and most of that talent's up at the big club. I mean, there's still some guys left on the Gulls, obviously, but they just even brought up Vinny Letary, and he's been scoring since he came been called up by the Ducks. So I think that's why you're seeing the uh, Gulls struggle a little bit, is that all their talent is at the NHL level, and their muckers, their grinders, you know, their more third and fourth line guys seem to be down at the Gulls level. Okay, so that brings us to the newest uh, AHL 
Pacific Division team, the uh, Abbotsford uh, Canucks. 19 games played, uh, also a 500 winning percentage, 8-8-2-1. Eight, eight, you surprised with Abbotsford? Uh, a little bit. A little bit because I, I think I'm more surprised at the two teams below them than I am necessarily at Abbotsford. I think that Abbotsford's where they are is because Bakersfield and San Jose have not played well. And if they if Bakersfield and San Jose were where we thought they would be, Abbotsford would be down a couple of notches, a little bit more where we thought they would be, because uh, it's a tough division. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that division. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So uh, Bakersfield, what, what's what's the issue there? They won the Pacific Division last year in the uh, modified playoff format. Um, what's going on in Bakersfield? They're struggling at all levels, uh, and I think that with you seeing that the Oilers are struggling. So are the uh, Condors, and I think it's a little bit of a shuttle back and forth between Edmonton and and uh, Bakersfield, and uh, you know I just think that they're both feeling the wear and tear of the early parts of the season and uh, being shy of games for whatever reason, whether it's COVID uh, related, but they just see, they just seem to be stuck in mud right now. And the San Jose uh, Barracuda. Um... What's going on with the Barracuda? I thought they'd be better than this. Uh, 19 games played. They have a 395 winning percentage, 7-11, 1-0. Your thoughts on uh, what's going on with the Barracuda? Well, they, uh, they've they been affected by the parent club. They're another one that's been affected by the parent club, and they haven't had a consistent lineup week in and week out. I mean, they had to call up guys from uh, Orlando, I think, of the ECHL to help them out. So I just think that as they get healthier – that you'll see that play a little bit better, but uh, they've got a long haul to try to make the playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, so when we look at the uh, the AHL uh, Pacific Division as a whole, um, you expect fluctuation here where it's going to go up and down all the way till the playoffs. I, I really do. I think that it's going to. I think. Uh, well, I I don't know what. What the what's going to happen with players that are that have minor league options when the Olympics come? Do they want to send them down to play uh, some games, or do they want them to rest? So I think that uh, the rest of the way you got to look at that. You you have to look at COVID. How is COVID affecting the parent club? How is it affecting their club, uh, and whatnot? So I, I just think there's going to be so much flux the rest of the season, both on the NHL level and in the AHL. Well, one thing we know, Henderson uh, had a tour, a media tour that uh, unfortunately due to my illness, I wasn't able to make uh, of that new dollar loan center. Uh, the ice is in, the seats are uh, in and ready to go. They're just doing the final touches on it. We know they're coming over there the first uh, first or second of April to uh, to play their first games in their new home. But uh, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of it. Your thoughts on the dollar loan center? Uh just another amazing building that's being built at the minor league level to attract fans. And I just hope they don't raise ticket prices too, too much to help support that building. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and then we have to talk about uh, the Palm Springs franchise. Any word, anything you've heard in Southern California about what's going on with Palm Springs? I have heard nothing. I'm on the AHL site a couple times a week, at least looking for stuff specifically related to Palm Springs and nothing. On the AHL website, I try to find something on the Palm Springs website, and it looks the same as the day before and the week before. Have you been? Have you heard anything? 
Not a word. Not a word. That's why I asked you. I thought maybe something had circulated over in Southern California that hadn't reached uh, my direction yet. But, yeah, that's uh, it's bizarre because uh, they came out uh, great guns like they were going to be, uh, you know, in the news all the time. And then all of a sudden, uh, nothing. And then all of a sudden, they come out with the naming of the team and, and the logos and all that. And then you thought, well, okay, well, now they're going to start kicking it off and really rocking and rolling. And then nothing. Uh, <laughs> it's strange. I just don't get it. But uh, I think it's safe to say there's no way they're going to be in their own building um, this time next year. There's, there's no way. There's no way they're going to be in their own building this time next year. And I hope that they will still will be coming to Palm Springs in the next couple of years because it's stealth. I mean, NASA leaks more information than, <laughs> than the Palm Springs uh, hockey team has. Uh, there's nothing going on. And, uh, you know, one of these days I'm actually going to drive out to the site to see if there's even more any, – any rocks moved – since the last time we were there, I know we painted a couple, so you could tell if they moved or not. Well, that's right. So uh, I will let I will have to report back, but uh, I, I definitely need to try to get out there to see and just see if there's anything new that because I haven't heard anything. You would think that that there'd be some sort of reporting on it that if there was some groundbreaking news and like like you see we not just your updates but but i i see on twitter all the time about the asu building and the progress that it's making and the new levels that are going in nothing crickets from the palm spring side yeah speaking of that i'll be over there tomorrow to uh, get another first-hand look it's been a while since i've been able to get uh over to see that new building at asu so i will do that uh prior to going to practice and uh, catching up with the uh Arizona State Sun Devils, who, by the way, are 9-9-0. So um, they're 500. They, they need to uh, step it up a little bit in order to uh, continue their opportunity to get into the national tournament. It's a, it's a strange year in NCAA hockey, Rob, because um, it looks like there very well could be five or six teams from the NCHC conference getting in the tournament, of which there are only 16 teams. Well, that's what happens when you have a conference tournament and you have a conference that's strong, you know. One, if one if one is beating two and two is beating five, you know, look at the the football. You know, one beat three and they just flip flop. Everybody else stayed the same. So you know that's what happens when you have when you have a strong conference. And the big sweep of Clarkson hopefully will help gain some momentum for ASU. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's on all fronts of ASU sports this season: football, basketball, hockey. Quite disappointing. Yeah, and I think right now uh, that probably more than ever this season uh, hurts not being in a conference because you're looking at um, uh, that's how you get into the national tournament is by uh, a conference tournament and conference competition. So without it, you're you're up against. I mean, you got a stellar record. You know me. I put my uh, magic number out there, much to my uh, co-host Paul Hornstein's uh, chagrin. But uh, I started at 24. I gave him a break. I said, no, I think maybe 23 will do it. Um, you can do the math. If you nope. have nine uh, losses now, you can't afford many more nope. if you're, uh, you're going to get into that national tournament. So off a little bit on a tangent on that part of it, but I thought we did need to bring that up when we are talking buildings. Uh, I do also want to throw in one other thing. You know as well as I do, your, your nemesis down at the U of A, um, announced uh, last week that they're coming out with a brand spanking new building, which will be a huge asset to the University of Arizona hockey program because they're going to have a 3,000-sheet rink that they will own everything. 
Uh, they will get the benefit of all the board sales, all the other signage in the building, all the merchandise, all the concessions. Um, it's their building, and they have uh, university support. So congratulations to Chad Berman and, and everybody down at the U of A. Uh, it's, it's always good when uh, schools are promoting the sport of hockey. Uh, so in this particular case, I will say good job to them uh for, for uh, you, you and paul i love the way you guys sidestep it's so fun for uh, <laughs> making hockey work in a place where most things don't <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, my, my goodness and, i love it and uh your number i think was 15 i think i saw a uh, maroon and gold placard saying with the number 15 that uh my cohort uh, Paul Hornstein loves when you put out numbers like that. Hey, down to 14 now, my friend, because they swept. Down, down to 14. 14. Down to 14. So uh, well, let, me put that, let me put that in perspective for you. Uh, that means 14 wins, which means you have, I believe, nine uh, series left. So that means uh, 18 games. Two of those are exhibitions that won't count. So if you're doing the math, Rob, that means seven series sweeps to get to that magic number of 23. Yeah, that's uh, that is quite the bold, uh, bold declaration there of uh, seven series sweeps. Uh, you know, I, w- I wish them luck. I that's not even can. a declaration. That's just fact. I didn't do it. <laughs> well, that, well, that, well, that's what, to reach your number. You know, you put too much uh, pressure on him, apparently. And, and I put that number <laughs> out there because I look at what's going on in the rest of the league and at the pairwise standings, which is ultimately what's going to get you in or out of the tournament. Right. And uh, in order to do that, you need to have um, some quality wins. And and sadly for for Arizona State, there's not a lot of teams left uh, to get quality wins on. They've got Cornell coming up. They've got Minnesota State, which is a juggernaut. Uh, and they're at Minnesota State. They got Boston U, which right now is behind them. This weekend they got Colorado College, which is also behind them. So uh, when you just start doing the math on it, you go like, wow, how is this all going to come together? So it, it could be that they could even get to my magic number and still be left out of the tournament. Uh, and, that's, and that's where being in a conference would have helped them. Uh, and that's something that they need to rectify in the next year or two is getting into a conference that, so they don't have to worry about you know, help from everywhere else. Well, well, we know that that building is going to be a main uh, main cog in that. Yes. We also know that um, uh, it won't happen next year because they've already got their schedule done for next year. It possibly won't even happen in two years because I believe they're two years out on their scheduling. So uh, I don't think it will happen then. So you're probably looking at a third year uh, before you're able to, uh, to join a conference somewhere. But uh, who knows? That's a topic for another night, but I thought we should throw those uh, those tidbits in there. Uh, anything else that I'm missing on the AHL side of things that you need to get in there? Uh, let's see. Let me go. Let me go over my uh, notes that I had uh, for the show that we didn't have last week. It was just talk about Bakersfield was two and five with one game postponed in November. Ontario had a five and three November record with one game postponed. Uh, San Diego goals were seven, two and one in November. So they turned it on a little bit. Barracuda four and six in November with one game postponed. So the goals and then Stockton heat was seven, two and one, uh, with one postponed the goals, the only team not affected by COVID only ones not having any games affected in November because of COVID. 
Yeah, I mean, who would have thought it? I mean, I, I really thought that things would be uh, much better on the COVID side, especially from from professional hockey teams, because I thought um, they would all be vaccinated. I thought they would be under uh, tight protocol. But, you know, we're seeing it in the NCAA level, too. I mean, uh, one of the best players from Denver, uh, freshman Sean Behrens, um, going to miss his opportunity to play for the World Juniors uh, because of COVID, which is uh, is really sad, but it's still out there. It's it's not going away. And with this new Omicron uh, variant that may or may not be able to get through the uh, vaccination, you know, be safe. Why chance it? I mean, you know, and that's why I don't think the NHL should go over to the Olympics. I mean, the kids going over to the World Juniors is another thing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the only good thing is it's after their season. Uh Right after the season. Well, no, no, it'll no, be in the middle of the season. It's getting, middle of the season. They're so in they camp right now, it. so they're affected by it. If if they miss games in the World Juniors because of COVID, their college seasons could be over. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, well, I think we've done a pretty good job of wrapping everything up. Uh, hopefully, next week we'll be a little bit more back on track, or at least I will, and uh, we can give it some guests on and, and start talking about what's happened as we lead up to. Uh, the midway point of the NHL and the AHL seasons. And, uh, of course, we'll look ahead to the All-Star game, which is going to be played uh, in Vegas, uh, first weekend in February. And then maybe we'll have some news on uh, what's going on on the All-Star front as well. So stay tuned for uh, for next Monday night, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. I'll let Rob take it away, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. And the D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer skates, fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at dd.com. Boost Mobile, where all the plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our three Valley locations and more by Jesse Ray's barbecue at 5611 South Valley view Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices. It always seems to, like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it by M drive supplements to fuel your drive. Refuel your drive with M drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro, and ask you to all tune in tomorrow night for uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, Wednesday night, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, Sunday night, our staple, the uh, College Hockey Southwest Live, and Rob and I will be back next Monday with Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Have a good night, everybody.